Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. AFC, we get to put a bow on it, Andy. Haven't used that as much in these years' previews, but I'll use it now. Uh, let's put a bow on the AFC South. Sound good? Yeah. You used to say that a wild Too amount. Much. I don't know. I liked it. It was it was in, it was endearing. But yes, we will put a bow on the AFC South, and we're gonna start with your 2021 AFC South champions. In fact, AFC and one seed. your AFC one seed, which uh, things got happen? weird. I mean, things got <laughs> weird at the end of the year with a few of the teams near the top. Obviously, the Chiefs had a bit of a swoon in the middle of the season. They did. Buffalo had a bit of a weird season, losing a couple games they shan't, they shan't have. That's not – I don't know the proper use of shan't, but I should have just said shouldn't have. And then, I mean, just the rest of the, the, rest of the league kind of – it's not like they went towards the middle, but, yeah, 12 and 5, got yourself a one seed. They won the South. They got the bye, and they didn't win any playoff games. They were one of the victims of the Bengals. You know, I'd say it was a heartbreaker, but when you prioritize running the ball and you bring back uh, running back maybe a little too early and prioritize running the ball with him and that was your game plan for the full year, it's going to be hard for you to win a game like that sometimes. So I, I put that – yeah, the, the Bengals – the Bengals season probably should have stopped right then and there in Nashville, but I mean they well, it did. Could have they... stopped. Uh, it could have stopped at home against the Raiders. Uh, yeah, I mean really, they, Eric they... Carp bouncing a ball off the of back of a guy's helmet. I think they score a touchdown at the end of that game and either win outright or tie and go to overtime. I can't remember exactly. Um, but uh, Patrick, on as usual, he stole my thunder. It was a self-inflicted loss. Um, but again, like if we just kind of go back in time to the beginning of the season and what was expected out of this team, being there in the second week of the playoffs in a very crowded AFC, about as good as you were hoping I for. <laughs> I, I, I think there was a decent amount of excitement for putting those two wide receivers together with Derrick Henry, and they knew that you know the secondary might have problems, but they had just drafted a young cornerback and he'd fallen a little due to some injuries and they thought they might have some pieces up front which turned out to be true so i think they thought the ceiling was definitely winning the afc south they reached that the one seed i don't know if they really believed that was within grasp with the chiefs and the bills and my goodness that uh still blows my mind how that all worked out but i i think they probably achieved about as much as they could have and should have in a weird way. Like uh, yeah. Getting was, the one seed, it didn't right. like getting to the second weekend after beating like a, a wild card team and then losing to Buffalo. Yeah. That felt right. Yes. Doing it, getting the one seed and losing to, uh, you know, a Bengals team like this felt weird. So, yes, yes. It was, it was, was a weird the, ending. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, I, they, I they, couldn't, yeah. they couldn't keep those two star wide receivers on the, on the field together. Man, you're flying. Um, you're not yeah, going to reflect it, I mean, in their season anymore at all. What's that? You're going right. You could jump right to the off season. No, no. I'm, I'm saying they couldn't keep those two star oh. receivers on the field at the same time very oh, much. Oh, 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 oh. And yes. then they lost their yes. workhorse running back with a Jones fracture in his foot. 
he missed the rest. I think that was week eight, missed the rest of the season. So injuries derailed the offense. They stuck with the running game. They got some nice running from their backup. A foreman? Yeah, foreman. And, I mean, they still managed to win some games down the stretch. They really overperformed in the middle of the season. They had that stretch of, like, I remember us on the podcast every week. It's like, shit, are the Titans ever going to lose against a good team? They beat a bunch of good teams in the middle of the stretch. And, yeah. I mean, there, there they were. And I don't know if it, it wasn't like an all-in year, but it felt like, a, you know, it wasn't a three-bet. It was a, you know, it was a hefty raise, if we're going to stick with poker analogies. Because <laughs> they, they did say, you know, like, we're going we're gonna to go get another wide receiver. We're going to try to bolster the defense in spots right away here. And... Uh, that was the other thing too that uh Caleb Farley like that was a risk injury because of his back that he fell to them because he should have been drafted a little higher and then he ended up blowing his knee out missed most of the season so they did they did suffer quite a few injuries to spots where they were filling in or they were already strong and still won 12 games so kudos to them and yeah before we get into this season we'll uh, kind of t- kind of touch on some of the things that happened in the offseason too but i don't know your thoughts on 2021 for this tennessee titans team yeah my this is how i remember their regular season going um there were questions swirling as we entered the campaign as to you know whether the colts or the titans were going to win the afc south there was a two-team race in the eyes of everyone it was i think our preview was probably kind of hate both these teams don't really want to plant a flag at either one um and they started out the season with just one of the most horrific home losses that I can remember all season to the Cardinals, uh, non-competitive effort. And you're like, Oh, Tennessee might be way worse than we think. Um, <laughs> they rescued their season with a comeback from behind victory week two at Seattle that no one saw coming six and a half point dogs. They went by three, uh, really impressive to kind of bounce back at that point. Uh, and then they face off, you know, early with Indy to kind of give, you know, either team the the uh, pole position for the division, and they beat Indy pretty comfortably. Uh, at that point, Derrick Henry, there was a lot of speculation preseason. How much are they going to possibly use him? His usage the prior season was astronomical. His num- number of touches they gave him in the rushing game were so high that you thought the end is nigh. Like he can't, they can't just continue <laughs> to give him this workload and expect him to be able to handle it. Um, and I remember betting on the Jets week four in large part because of how many, uh, you know, how much the, the um, you know, how, how much of a beating the Titans defense took in week three combined with, uh, you know, how much they had asked of Henry to that point in the season. Plus, there were some pretty bad injuries to the uh, to the wide receivers, I believe, for the Titans by then. Um, and we lose to the Jets, and they're 2-2 two and two through the first quarter of the season, and you're like, yeah, that feels about right. This is a 500-ish team. And then you nailed it. They wrapped, ripped off a comfortable win against the Jags. And then one, two, three, four games in a row where they were dogs by more than a field goal. Buffalo, Kansas City, at Indy, and at the Rams. Those were those are three of three of them are three of the four best teams in the NFL last year. But you know, just realistically, like don't overthink it. Like those were uh elite teams they went toe-to-toe with. And in the case of Kansas City. They beat their damn brains in. Do you remember that game? Like, how how in the world does a team lose to the Cardinals week one the way the Titans did and then beat the Chiefs in whatever in week seven the way that the Titans did? That was really, really, really strange. 
that whole stretch didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So no. I don't know. Like I, I don't know if, if I'm able to even rehash it, but yeah, yeah, that 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 it didn't it didn't make sense anything that happened last season honestly and somebody said this in the chat too like a really well-earned coach of the year yeah that's probably right i mean you had some stars in this team but you lost who probably would have won an offensive player of the year or finished runner up to mm-hmm. a cup like you lost a, you know you, you had there's two star and one of them was a little longer in the tooth but you had these two wide receivers that couldn't stand the field i think somewhere i found it said like the pairing of Jones and Brown were only on the field for 30% of Tannehill's dropbacks last season. Hmm. That's not what you want from your one, two, especially when you just put it together that year. And they were, they were maybe not lucky, but they were, they've been. And again, this is, I found this in football outsiders, but this is mentioned everywhere. The Titans were a combined 13 and four in games decided by seven points or fewer the last two seasons, third best in the league. If you I didn't are, see a lot of lucky wins. I didn't see a lot of lucky no, wins. It, but that, that's what I was going to say. It didn't feel like lucky wins. It just felt like yeah, there were a lot of games that were close at the end. And that sure. does have a way of regressing. And, and you know, as we get to this offseason and into what they're going to put out on the field for a product next year, I think that's going to help things along. But they are, you know, they are not your favorites to win this division for a reason. And it's not only reasons of what the Colts have done this offseason, I believe. There is okay. probably a little a little room for this to uh, move down a touch. Okay, so after that hot stretch, and you can kind of reflect on, you know, that, I didn't even mention after they beat, they beat two, two ridiculously tough road games at Indy at Rams after Casey Buffalo at home. They then hosted the Saints, beat them. Uh, and they were went from two and two to eight and two. And... If you want to get a one seed, that's what you need to do. You need to surprise in the middle part of your schedule. Uh, the market continually just did not give them respect. They were dogs. They're dogs. They're barely favorites at home against the Saints. Finally, the market flips on them. Can't cover against the Texans. Lose outright to the Patriots. I'm oh, me, not only can't cover it. They lost as 10-point favorites to the Texans. Can't can't uh, uh, yeah. beat the Patriots on the road. Um, and then, uh, you know, finally get another cover with a comfortable win against the Jaguars, but they lose to Pitt. And at this point, kind of things were crystallizing where you're like, okay, they're not that good. Uh, they may ultimately get the one seed, but this is not like a good, like a great team. Um, down the stretch, one very impressive win against Miami, uh, but then lose their finale to Houston Texans somehow. Uh, in a game that I guess they probably rested a bunch of guys. But they put to the test the idea of if you rest in week 17 and you have a bye week 18, you know, maybe you come out a little flat in your playoff game. Happened to the Packers last year, and it happened to the Titans on offense. Because in that playoff game against the Cincinnati Bengals, the Titans' defense was, how do you say, dominant? Super, they were superlative. They were so ferocious in the pass rush. I forget. They have, they had nine sacks of Burrow. It felt like 19. Uh, and it did not matter because Ryan Tannehill played them out of that game. Yeah, the game plan and Tannehill's performance, they just didn't put up the points they should have. They only gave up 19, and they did not – didn't really feel like they – I mean, they had a shot. They had a shot. It's not like it was a lost game, but – yeah, I'm just still – this bugged me earlier too. Like, has a team 
who got a one seed ever lost two games to like top five drafting teams, like losing to top four, losing to the Jets and the Texans as a, as your one seed just is so weird. But again, like the bills lost to the Jags. It's yeah. what makes freaking survivor league so hard in the NFL, man, is this stuff happens every single year, but, and really like, I don't know how you feel about last year's uh, Steelers. That's not a good loss either. Mm-hmm. Like only mm-hmm. putting up the, it is a tough defense, but that should have been a decent matchup, even up at Heinz slash whatever the hell it's called now. And, they got, you know, they got looks like 117 yards passing that day. Yeah, and honestly, Tannehill, Tannehill um, we 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 reflected in great detail the Dak Prescott failure that was the playoff game wild card weekend against the Niners, and how that kind of really impacted the long term perception of him as a player and that team. Because frankly, if you're going to be a championship quarterback. The arc is pretty, pretty, pretty uh, um, written in stone. You have a young, as a young player, you make a playoff run, or you get, you make a run that takes your team to the playoffs, maybe a little before people expect. You lose your first playoff game in embarrassing fashion because you're nervous or whatever. Who knows why? Or just because you don't have the experience of playing a team for the stakes and on, on that level. And then the next time around, maybe you make put together a little bit of a run. And if you're great, then ultimately you take the next step and you win you know, either a conference championship or a Super Bowl, right? And Dak couldn't pull it off, and Tannehill really regressed from the last three seasons in terms of his playoff performances where he took a Tennessee team surprisingly to an AFC championship game, had a lead, had a shot to, you know, to beat the, uh, the chiefs loses that game after, you know, uh, impressive wins in round one against Tom Brady and round two against Lamar Jackson. Uh, and you know, the, the next season Lamar Jackson gets his revenge. You don't win your playoff game because of a bad game plan that was on Vrabel. And then last year, it was 100% on Tannehill. Tannehill performed completely inadequately to win a playoff game. If he has an average day, the Titans win that game. If he just doesn't make a mistake on his last throw of the game, the Titans probably win that game. Like it, you, it is rare that you see a playoff game determined because of the quarterback, you know, that, that is like you, you circle a win or a loss of our team and you're like, it's because of one guy's contributions in a negative sense. But that was exactly what happened, I thought. Um, you can blame a little bit, uh, you know, the way that uh, they, you know, they, made, they deployed Henry pretty aggressively in that game. Um, you know, they, 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 you know they, they probably brought him back a little too quickly. Um, but again, if Tannehill does not throw that pick on the final drive and set up a McPherson 52-yard field goal for the win as time expires then they probably move on. Yeah. Yeah, which they probably should have won. Motion, which, sets, which sets in motion a very weird offseason for this team. A very weird offseason. Let's get to that offseason. So we dogged on Tannehill plenty, and apparently ownership slash the front office agreed enough to spend a third-round pick on a quarterback in Malik Willis. Total retooling of and this is going to be a theme today is what the hell is this a wide receiver room going to look like? Because it's certainly not what you'd hoped it to be. And then apparently there, and this is the kind of stuff that comes out afterwards, but 
uh, it's funny. I made a, I made a joke in one of our chats because boy, howdy, there was a couple of people who really thought the Jimmy G trade was going to happen on draft day. And I said, you know, like these big blockbuster things that everyone thinks are going to happen. Like you just never seem to get them right before the draft. And then like, whatever, like four minutes later or whatever, the AJ Brown trade. So it's, it's, it's a weird spot for them. And I get that, like what they drafted there with that pick it's, I had this uh, in a couple of previews. They basically, I don't know if it was justification or explanation, but essentially you're hoping it's the same guy, but on a rookie deal because he has the same build. He has the same, hopefully ceiling, but it does feel like you're, you're kind of punting your way down because the Tannehill thing makes sense too. If you're deciding to cut him loose, eventually you could, that's how teams manage these, these bigger contracts on their team is, well, shit, we're running out of money. We need to restructure this and you restructure it by extending them and then getting way more dead cap money down the, down the line. They didn't do that with Tanny. They didn't do that with AJ Brown. They traded him away. So they they're setting themselves up to kind of do a reset with it, and it might not be Malik Willis. It might be somebody else next year. But they are setting themselves up to cut ties with Tannehill, to move on. They've already moved on at the wide receiver room. And, you know, the, it's weird to say this because we dog on this defense for a few years in a row. It's like they kept their front seven together. They have, you know, they didn't get the pressure rates that some teams would have liked to see from some bigger names like that. And they didn't, certainly didn't get a, as many sacks as and again, there's a lot of similarities between these two teams today, but they kept some continuity there and they have a bunch of young players in the secondary where the, it feels like in a year or two, this is, this is like, Oh shit, this is a good defense. Like, man, they just really need a quarterback because Blake Willis isn't cutting it. It's, it's such a weird yeah. change in identity for this team, but, uh, it was a hard like what, what did what did you make of all that? Especially like it's not talked about as much as the the actual moves they made, but the non-action on Tannehill speaks volumes too. Well, it's uh it it was that performance al- alone on that set, you know, he he there is no excuses for performing that poorly in that setting, considering you have experience, you've won games in the playoffs, you're at home, conditions are fine, you're not going up against an all-universe defense. Like, you're literally out of excuses, which means the only conclusion is you're not the guy. And we've seen this happen before with other guys of the Tannehill cut, you know, cut from the Tannehill cloth. Jake DeLome, you remember that guy? Oh my God. Like you remember when he played his way out of the, you know, the he got that guy went to the Super Bowl. Cool rookie then he card. Threw, he had snake on him. But then he threw he threw five picks in a playoff yeah. game against the Cardinals, and that was it. Like when it when it's over, you know, when you lose the confidence of your team in your locker room for you, you know, you for your, you know, if you if your performance isn't even going to be average on that day when it matters most, then it's really tough to bounce back from if you're out of excuses, and that's where he is. And so I think it's entirely it's the organization is entirely in their correct decision making to move on at this point. And they're electing be... to yeah, they're yeah. It's that they're no, electing, uh, full yeah. full fully agree. Like I think it is probably uh the long term plan that's being discussed is probably figuring out how to move on eventually. And sure it got me thinking about like, you know, those NFL uh NFL countdowns like 
top 20 running backs of all time. <laughs> yeah. Like it would be fun to do some shows like that, but the opposite, like the 10 worst quarterbacks to make it to the Super Bowl in the last 20 years. Like those would be much, much, those would be way more fun discussions, but no, agreed. Uh, that's what uh, kind of what they decided to do. So, and it's again, they're, they're hoping Traylon Burks is just, Hey, this guy steps in. He's a big dude. He's six three. He's burly. He's pretty fast. They hope he just steps in and can fill the spot. They got Robert Woods, who is again never been the guy, but he's been a guy who's had big years as far as targets and catches. Sure. They went and got Austin Hooper, who wasn't great last year. These but, are all. I mean, he's 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 good okay. enough, and and then but but no, here let me let you me go. roll with this though. Uh, there's a lot of question marks there because Woods is coming off an ACL and that's mm -hmm. it's hit or miss. Not every ACL injury is just going to pop back and be AP that next year. Yep. Some You're of right. them, it's like, Hey, this guy is never, he lost a step. He was never the same. Traylon Burks is already missing practices due to like asthma. Yeah. Apparently it came out now that his college coach is like, yeah, this is a thing. He comes in out of shape and like <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Pitt Pittman just said that. Yeah, I'll come in out of shape. And then he had some asthma. So like he's been missing practices already for that. Uh, Austin Hooper, there's no guarantee. He just bounces back. And then no. you've got, oh, no, uh, no, no. and if, if we're sitting here discussing Tannehill, and obviously we think the team is discussing Tannehill, I don't think Tannehill's an idiot. He can probably read the tea leaves a little. And we've seen this in certain years where, some quarterbacks don't respond well to looking over their shoulder at the the young guy who's been brought in. So, oh, certainly, uh, there, there's a bunch of damn question marks around what this offense is going to be. And again, Derrick Henry was good. He's always been great. He's been he's been a great player. But even last year, before the injury, he wasn't getting as many yards after contact as he once did. You know, people said like, oh, he was fine. He wasn't fine before the injury. He was still good. He wasn't great at times. So mm -hmm. this offense, you know, if if things, if one or more of those things doesn't work out, and again, Deontay Foreman, he's with the Panthers now. Julio Jones, I is Julio Jones anywhere? I think he's yeah, he's a free. Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Oh, Tampa, Tampa. That happened like <laughs> that That's funny. Here. Too many yeah. things are happening all at once. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I completely yeah. spaced that. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, a lot of those uh, pieces that were part of last year are yeah. missing. So not a lot of continuity outside of Tannehill and mm -hmm. you know uh, uh, an offensive line that yeah, I guess I can I marginal. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, so let's talk about this in two different conversations. You ready? The first is, what is the organization doing, and do we agree with it? And the second is, what do we expect out of this offense? Because they go hand in hand. The first part, what are they doing? They are rebuilding. This is this is a this is this is a quiet tank. The way that every decision that they made in the off season was low risk for the organization, high upside only, right? Getting a bunch of guys who had who underachieved on some cheap deals, coming off injuries, letting all of your older guys who were, you know, you know, deciding not paying Saffold, not paying Queensberry, not not paying Rashawn Evans, not paying Dante Foreman, not paying AJ Brown. Those are all decisions that send a clear signal, which is we are clear in the books. This this little experiment that we had where we thought we could compete in the AFC, it's over. 
And the reason well, was yeah, something we've said over and it's over is we've over. talked about the AFC. That is what like, the front not office only is that, telling the you. The timing. Yeah, you t- no, you tell me. The AFC is tough. If we're reading the, if we're reading the tea leaves correctly, and I believe we are, right? You can you can nitpick who they brought in. You can nitpick their draft choices all you want. Like maybe they're not great at evaluating talent or whatever. But like conceptually, this decision making and what they're telling us, by, but not saying it out loud, is it right? I say yes. I agree. I like it. I yeah. like and again because you can either go this the route of hey let's extend AJ Brown, let's extend Tannehill really put ourselves in some tricky positions with the cap in the next few years. And that implies that 2022 is it's our year. Like, is that what you want to do when the bills are looking just as strong as last year, <laughs> the chiefs, people aren't even talking about how good the chiefs can, can be sure. your, your own division mate went out and filled the one void that they really needed to fill with a, a veteran presence that we'll get to later in the show. Um, amongst other teams, we haven't, I haven't even talked about the AFC North at this point. There's a non-zero chance Watson plays a bunch of games and they're still the third best team in that division. Yeah. Like there's so many good teams in the AFC. I, I think that probably played a part of that. Like, Hey, it's, if we want to put ourselves in a bad position, we have to be sure we're going to, at least be one of the top two or three no. teams in the conference. And it just, yeah. it's so hard to say that they could do that with all those other good teams. So I, I like it. I agree with it. I'm going to go a step and beyond. I'm going to go step beyond. I love it. Do you know how rare it is? Do you know how rare it is that front offices that are self-aware are self-aware can it's can self-evaluate never. and can yeah. and have, and have like the freaking balls to do stuff like this. It is really rare. And like, you know, you want me to, the, the arc is very, very clear. Like Tannehill probably doesn't finish the season as the starting quarterback. They probably would like to see what they got in Malik Willis at some yeah, point. Yeah, if it goes because, oh, by the, oh, a, oh, by the way, talk, talking about fucking stealing the show. Like, think, what, what, what was the capital they spent on that guy? Like virtually nothing. Like that, that you know, he, if he is anything. Like you, st- you potentially stole something. Even as a, you know, even if he ends up there just were, being your there were mocks where but, he went in the first. Sure, sure, lots sure. of them. First, like most of them. <laughs> yes, I, I think almost all of them had. You know, he was expected to go in the top team. His over under was twenty, <laughs> like nineteen and a yeah. half. Um, but you know, I, I, it's, it's refreshing that a front office has this much foresight and can act so sincerely in terms of where what exactly they have and who they are and in a, in a, on a, on a time like refreshing is the right word for it yes because it, it, it's it's, it's, it's almost always nowadays. the other way it's almost Teams, always the other way yeah delusion delusion yeah. usually rules the day when it comes yes. to front office this so, is a team that knows their I success was on the on the legs of derrick henry and derrick henry is now on the decline this is a team. This is a team that got the ones. They got the one seed last year thanks to some fortunate bounces and some some impressive wins in season. And if Tannehill caught a heater and they go to or win a Super Bowl on that, then mission accomplished. They still, you know, then decisions are a little a little bit tougher, or everybody kind of gets paid in the offseason. But it went the opposite way, and Tannehill played them out of the playoffs, and it was a clear sign that close this chapter. We have a coach. We have a coach in Brable who we like. He's, you know, he's got the rah-rah. He's got the Pete Carroll mentality, the rah-rah ability to, to rally his guys. Can't game plan for shit in the playoffs, but maybe he'll learn. Um, and I think realistically, 
this was the best case scenario. But the part two of the conversation now about the offense. What what do we have? That's this offense sucks. Sucks. It, like <laughs> it's so terrible. Again, what what I mentioned there too is like, hey, this is the guy we drafted to replace AJ Brown. He's missing practices already. It's a rookie. Yeah. I mean, the the distribution of results you get from rookies year one go from like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson down to this guy isn't even playing in week three because like, uh, you know, Westbrook, you know, what, what, I can never say this guy's name. Right. But the guy with the hyphenated last name, Westbrook. Yeah. Kenne, Nick Westbrook. Kenny. Kenny. Yeah. Like there's plenty of guys on this depth chart that can, you know, step up over a rookie. It doesn't matter. Oh, I'm a, I'm a first rounder. There's a lot of first round receivers that, don't get playing time because it's like, well, that's just guy. He isn't getting not it. ready. Not he's, ready. He, no. He's yeah. He's not getting it at practice. He's just not ready to go. So like, um, Des Fitzpatrick, talk about a, a guy who didn't get a lot of action last year, but people are talking about him and what a name for a wide receiver taking Des and Fitzpatrick, like two all time greats and putting it together. <laughs> that's just a great wide receiver name. So like the, 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 the outcome of him is very wide. The outcome of Robert Woods, very wide because he's coming off a big injury, which people are better at coming off that injury nowadays, but it's still a big injury for a guy who needs to run fast and cut on that knee and, you know, run proper routes and do it with a quarterback who probably isn't as good as who he's used to playing with yeah, of at times. And, and again, you have a huge question mark and the biggest part of what they've done in the offense, because they have, Deontay Foreman's gone, and yeah, our guy Tractor Cito is maybe playing on beat up legs again. And yeah, if that foot injury true. nags at him, like yeah, the, so I, I'm not going to make any predictions for this offense because it's I'm just going to say like this offense can be above average if all of this stuff works out. Even if it's like hey, you know the rookie kind of gets it, and Woods is 80 percent of what he used to be. And Hooper takes a, a bounce back season. He's above average, and Tannehill's not absolutely dicking the dog out there. Like it's know. it's it's an average offense ceiling like, ceiling. Yeah, that's no, that's your ceiling. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But there yeah. is a there is a there's a low floor if because uh, yeah, you know all those things have long tails to the the bottom, and if sure. a lot of stuff doesn't start working out for them, the, the offense could really stink. And that sucks, but that's part of the rebuild. You know, it'd be great for a rebuild. Top 10 pick next year. Yeah. Okay. So um, outside of the quarterback, the three most important players or best, you know, the, the three biggest contributors on offense for the Titans last year were AJ Brown, Roger Saffold, and David Queensbury. All three gone. Yeah, they're not, um, we didn't. We didn't even mention the offensive line lost Saffold, and Lawan hasn't been as good. And the yeah. offensive line, Luan, shoot, if Lawan makes it through the season healthy, that will be this upset. The um, offensive line probably is. It's not probably. It's bottom half, and it has a yeah. pretty low floor as well. Yeah. yeah. So you went. You went from bona fide excellent offense to now you're starting Aaron Brewer, Nate Davis, and Dylan uh, Radunes. Yeah, Dylan Radunes. <laughs> at your was that left tackle? Oh no, right I tackle. I call him D Rand. D Rand. D Rad. 
D-Rad is your, your right tackle. Yeah. Um, okay. Taylor Luan, if he, again, if, you know, he's, he's a, you know, a Wiley vet, he's got a, you know, a storied past of playing quite well, but uh, that was a long time ago. Um, this offensive line is going to be rough. Tannehill is going to be under duress a lot. Derrick Henry is going to have to do it himself if he even can. And the, the wide receiving core and tight end uh, core is just a, gig, a gigantic question mark. You're, you're absolutely right. Like they, they they threw a lot at it. They were like, Hey, Let's let's just go get a bunch of low risk, low cost options and just see if any of it works. And that's that's fine. Like again, I, 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 ad, I admire uh, the vision, um, but uh, I think Todd Downing's most important job. Tannehill this season, takes sacks. Tannehill is a go look at like the sack leaders every year. Oh yeah, he's in trouble. If he if oh, yeah. he doesn't get rid of the ball quick, he has a he's tendency to take a lot of sacks. So, and I think he's uh, I think he probably is rightfully pissed about the way things are going because it's going to be extremely hard for him after that playoff game and after whatever happens to him this year to get any kind of a contract anywhere next year. I mean, he, yeah. you know, I don't know that he's getting a starting shot next year anywhere. Maybe he somebody talks themselves into it. Um, but it's going to be a tough, it's going to be tough. He's in a really, really, really bad spot. Uh, so I get why he's mad. Um, but Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator, his most important role this season is literally to coach up these young guys so that they can jumpstart the rebuild, regardless of the win-loss record this year on the offensive side of the ball. And that means kind of spending a lot of time with Malik Willis to see if he got anything. I mean, spending a lot of time with, uh, you know, the young wide receivers you mentioned uh, to see if you can get them, uh, you know, fired up at all. Um, but this offense is going to suck. This Tennessee Titans team is going to struggle to score 20 points, much like they did in the playoff loss. Yeah. In my opinion. So on the positive side, and again, there's, there's still a lot of uh, – <laughs> It's a little more rosy on the defensive side. Oh yeah. But not this defense. By a, not by a ton. Like there's still a big question mark in the secondary and the secondary is so important. So I said like, "Hey, you there was a lot of changes at the linebacking core throughout the season and some of the linebackers did struggle still with coverage and that's going to kind of play a part in what I'm saying here is like it's a very young secondary which again is good for a rebuild, maybe not good for 2022. They kept their front, uh, you know, they kept their front seven essentially together and down the stretch, they were very good. Uh, again, I, I don't know where I pulled this from, but one of the previews said over the eight, eight final weeks of the year, they had the best run defense in the game, 64 yards per game. Like that's pretty solid. Third best overall defense. And they did Harold Landry's very good. Autry Simmons, a lot of pressures, but the secondary you're relying on. Is it a second year guy in Fulton? Third year. Yeah. Maybe. Can't be worse than Jackrabbit Jenkins. No, Jackrabbit Jenkins is gone at least, but Fulton is, he's your one. And you're expecting a guy in Caleb Farley who's coming off an injury to kind of step into another spot. Yeah. Uh, you got Roger McCreary. You're, you're going to have some very young guys starting in the secondary. Yeah. And if, it works out with Fulton. He takes another step forward because I thought he was okay, probably even okay to good. And Farley ends up working out. Like this, this defense can actually be pretty good. Yeah. But it's funny how it's like, you know, the, the front seven's okay, maybe lacking a little in coverage skills. And the secondary's probably going to be okay. 
But if they hit their low end, it affects the whole thing. It's like a house of cards. If you're cornerbacks oh, and your defense and your is a weak link, Andy, it's, it is. And if if that secondary isn't going to take a step forward as a bunch of youngsters, then it's going to affect everything on the defense. And all those good names up front aren't going to have the seasons they're hoping to because you can really avoid a good pass rush if the secondary stinks by doing a lot of different things with some creative offense. So it's imperative that Farley and Fulton play a lot better than, uh, you know, what their probably what their floor is or even their median. Like they both have to play above average and, and then, and then your defense has a, a decently high ceiling. So dare I say this might be an understeam. If the offense stinks and the defense really gels, this could be this could be some ugly ugly football to watch. This could be uh, some 16, 19 games like we saw. I don't think you're onto something, Andy. I think you've solved the puzzle. Puzzle puzzle complete. Puzzle solved. Yep. Um this offense sucks. This defense fucks. There are some very, very good players on this defense. And you kind of buried the lead. Because the most valuable defender on this team by margin is, um, you want to guess who I'm going to say? The free safety? Kevin Bayard's number two. Oh, God, I like him. Bayard's number two. But Bayard's been around. He's been around a little while. I know. He needs to take everybody under under the wing and make sure Farley falls. I have have confidence that ultimately the secondary secondary plays fine because he elevates them, I think. Um, But the front seven, Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons was Simmons. A Simmons are pretty like he, that's a Simmons. Good... Simmons was a monster last year. He was quietly very much in the defensive player of the year conversation, just among people who actually know what's going on. Uh, and the other thing that's scary about Simmons is that this is his fourth season and he has, spe- he has made specific improvements all three seasons and he is he was playing at an all pro level last year and he is going to be a nightmare for teams to deal with this year his most uh his most close arc in terms of how he has performed over the first three seasons Aaron Donald that is where he is trending and he is going to be so 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 tough to match up against for teams particularly uh in his division where you have uh, you know only you know Quentin Nelson is kind of the only interior lineman of note um, and I think realistically building around Simmons defensively is going to be the, I, the identity of this team for the next two seasons. Um, ah, you know, I, I can't, I really, I can't say anything more positive than that. Like, and the play that he showed you specifically in the playoffs, I think gives you that much more of a glimpse about what's coming this year. He is going to be outstanding and I can't wait to see it. Um, overall, I think this is going to be top 10 defense in, you know, at the end of the, you know, when the dust settles uh, yeah. overall, I think every offense <laughs> that has to play these guys is going to be, uh, you know, you're going to get their 16 percentile type of a performance. Um, God, that fucking Tennessee Buffalo under on Monday night football. That's probably seven points too high. Um, there's goddamn. Yeah, when this There's team some, goes there up are some there are some beautiful a good run defense. There are some beautiful be beautiful. Oh my god, I might bet every Tennessee let's, game. Let's let's pull up the schedule, Dan. Giants let's, let's are catching later. six and a half against this Tennessee team week one. Happily, six and a half. Put it in my pocket to today. 
Uh, Tennessee, Buffalo, that total. Let me look at what that total is. Just you want to guess while I'm pulling it up? Five and a half. What was your guess? What was your guess? Five and a half for a Buffalo total, you think? I don't know. I like, I, I feel like I've respected this defense enough where I'm putting it low. Okay. Okay. The is Buffalo is total 47? is 51. So almost, like yeah, I've, I said, I've been seven horrible, points too high. Seven points too high. So far. Well, that's what my number is. I'm just going to go with my number. Mm. Mm. Six. six points. Um, okay. Six for you. Seven yeah, for in prime time. Um, too. Ooh, God, that is going to be a good bet to the under. So um, arrest, arrest disadvantage against a good team. Let's see how the offense looks there. Man. It's not uh, a bad schedule, but it's still a first place schedule. So you do get Buffalo. You do get Green Bay in your crossover game. You do get uh, God. What is the other one? You do get Kansas City, and then some of the other games that just like we said uh, earlier in the week, you get the AFC West. So you're forced to play a probably resurgent Denver team. You're forced to play Las Vegas, whose offense is probably going to look good, even if the defense isn't. That's a that's a fun under game too, maybe. And then the Chargers. You get the Chargers late in the season. The benefit of the game. The benefit of the the division is that. Maybe the Jags aren't going to make the Super Bowl versus the Lions, like I think. But the Jags are still a inexperienced team with a, a lot of turnover and a new coach. So Jags and Houston four times helps. But other than that, like where where are the gimmies here? And also, <laughs> what are what are we doing with this Cincinnati line on the twenty seventh? Oh boy. Another beautiful feel, under. That's another beautiful. I mean, under. but also, do you feel like Cincinnati is gonna take? I, we haven't got to them yet, though. I think that line's off. I'm saying, yeah, it's at home. It's at home, but yeah. uh, the home field should probably be one point eight. Like, it's Cincinnati, yeah. not a couple yeah. points better than this, even no, against that, a tough defense. That, by the time we get there, that'll be three. I mean that that that's the time of the season. You kind of circled that stretch there, Andy. If there was a four-game stretch that killed a waning quarterback's career, would you say that it is K- it is Casey, Denver, <laughs> KC, Green Bay, Cincinnati? <laughs> oh, then Philly. Philly is Philly? a team on the ascension too. Like that five-game stretch. Good night now. Yeah, you know, you know, it's a it good spot. Over. Like, hey, hey, uh, this Jacksonville defense, like, we'll take care of Josh Allen, and you know, there's not a whole lot else to offer at times. Like, guess what? Malik Willis, we're putting you out against the Jags at home. That's a nice starting spot for you, right? Yeah. Um, the Chargers might be a tough one for you. Like, we're just going to try to not get you killed between uh, uh, those two DN. Jesus, that's not a good one for him. Hopefully, he can no. run fast still. But no. then Houston, Dallas, Jacksonville. Although Dallas just added Anthony Barr today. That, Jesus. If they could, Eric Eager had a good point on him. Like as creative as they've been with versatile players, like Anthony Barr is probably a nice addition to that team. But yeah, Jacksonville twice and Houston in that stretch, Dallas at home. Like that's a good Malik Willis tryout period for him. And really like their win. To, I'm not, you know, we've said a lot of negative things about this team. I'm not running to the window to bet this under. This this is oh. probably this is probably a little oh. high, but not enough where I'm no, just no, no, jumping no. on it. It's really put on your put on your powers of uh, of how this plays out from what the organization is trying to do. 
They know, are, but, being, again, they are, they are, they are such a high level of unknownity on the offensive side. And what could be a defense that keeps them in games where anything can happen. And then God knows what they're going to do with Willis or how he turns out. So like, I'm I'm fine just punt. I'm fine just not betting against this team right now. Eight and a half sounds high, but we got to remember there's 17 games now. Uh, playoffs, no. That would be if I had to bet playoffs, no. I would prefer that over, um, over the the under at this point. I think this team comes out of that Philly game two and ten. Let Let's look at Let's look at these odds quick, Drew. And again, if you yeah. want to go do a do a, but look at this the. And this is nine and a half uh, at FanDuel, minus one thirty-five. Wow. But maybe you get a plus number on eight and a half. But to make playoffs, wow. no, at like wow. minus one ten, that feels like a decent, a decent bet that I put in my pocket. Just feels like, uh, how does this team make the playoffs with how good the AFC is? You know, even as the second favorites, minus one ten because they either win the AFC South or they don't make the playoffs. I believe the way things hash out with a lot of these teams. So I, I like the to make playoffs. No, quite a bit. This is one of the few teams I'm going to take a strong, a strong stance on like Tennessee and Pittsburgh fall into the exact same mold for me this year, which is the secret tank and, or just an incompetent offense combined with a defense that has some really, really good players so that like the games are still competitive. And if they're ever catching a touchdown or something against an offense, that's not that good. You're, you're taking those points, but the wins just aren't on the schedule. And I honestly think two, I think you get wins against maybe wash. I'll give them three out of that, that Philly game. You, you get a win against Washington a win against Houston and one other surprise win, maybe. Um, and you're three and nine at that point, Tannehill's done. You're starting, you're seeing what you got with Willis over the last five weeks. You probably lose both your games to the Jaguars. Um, see, that's team, what I'm saying. Like, do yeah, you, this, well, I, I don't, I don't know. There's so much like Robert, I mean, the Jaguars, there's, there's you mean like, are the Jaguars, the gonna, you mean like, are the Jaguars going to be resting their players in week 18 as they're, 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 they're <laughs> Is that why you're I'm asking? Just like, I, I just think there's so much uncertainty with the offense and when they start Willis. We believe it's a tank, but it's not. It's not enough for me to take like an alt under. Okay. I would rather just take the the safe. Really feels like a safe bet. Just playoffs. I don't know, dude. I think we are exactly have this solved in terms of what this organization is trying to do, and there are very few examples why, where the market. Why is, is a teaser? A team. Why is a Wong teaser more valuable in low totaled games? Uh, because the margin of victory is even more likely to be three. Yeah, the s- smaller <laughs> margins of victory, closer games. Yeah. And that's yeah. what a, a good, possibly great defense lowers the total of a game, essentially. They're going to have – I just – I worry that okay. a good okay. defense keeps them in too many games, and they win. They just sit there and go like, you know, 9-8, and eight, miss the playoffs by two games. I think it might take 11 to be a wild card in the AFC again. So, <laughs> Well, how about this for an angle of attack? Are they going to finish above or below the Houston Texans in wins losses? Uh, I mean, their their floor is right there with them, three or four. So you, think I mean, the, the Texans pro- Texans could win like one or two games. That's not yeah, off they, the table. Very, very, uh, finishing very third, finishing. That's exactly where I'm going. Yeah, there we go. Um, okay. 
there is uh that line exists by the way uh, oh, yeah. let me look at what it is nfl final standings afc south tennessee titans to finish third is you want to guess plus 320 425 wow that's pretty good plus 425 i think i'm gonna make a bet right here yeah i think that's a good one where were you is that bet online yeah yeah so this captures the jaguars this is basically this is basically a parlay of the jags making their win total and the titans not but you're getting played plus plus 245 for plus 425 for it right yeah. I mean that's basically what this is. This is a parlay right. of two win totals. Football. Again, which which menu was it under? There's under NFL futures and NFL, NFL wins, final NFL standings. NFL oh, there we go. Got it. AFC South. The AFC the AFC North is conspicuously missing from that. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I don't know, wonder what's going on over there. So, all right, final thoughts on the Texans. There's going to be, or excuse Titans, me, the Titans. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be um, some very nice underspots for this team, and I'm betting them to miss the playoffs. This is especially if I can find yeah. a better number. This and, is a te- yeah. This is a temporary. This, yeah. This is a temporary um, temporary list. sell on the franchise. I like the franchise. I think they are ultimately uh, come out of this smelling like roses because of their their realistic attitudes. Um, but this year is a sell. And I think they're they're basically telling us that with how they conducted themselves in the offseason. And uh yeah. Yeah. All right. Tennessee, Tennessee. Good oh God, Good here pod. comes the bot. The best adult dating site. I how does it get us right at the transition every time? I'm, I don't know. It's very good about that. A married bot. <laughs> I don't need the best adult dating site. Also, I don't need it. I would just go find a second wife. I wouldn't use a dating site. (laughs) 